And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. British Columbia, I'm Anthony Gismondi, and welcome to today's show. Hey, from our most southern point of listening uh, in the Victoria and South Vancouver Island to Fort Nelson in the beautiful north country of B.C., uh, we can say with confidence it's going to be a cold one uh, this next few days. In fact, record temperatures across the province. Uh, hopefully that'll be the end of them in the end of winter uh, by next week. So what we're going to do is warm up uh, with some thoughts of nicer weather to come and uh, our many travels scheduled for this year. Coming up on the show today, we're going to take you to Vancouver Island for an update on two very different boutique hotels ready to host you uh, or your travel plans for the season. Lori Strandland, she's the co-owner of Moonwater Lodge on the Malahat, joins us to talk about her spectacular views and things you can do in the Malahat, Cowichan area. And Lisa Nordstrom, the general manager of Sydney Pier Hotel, takes us on a tour of the fast-growing Sydney area, only minutes from the Victoria International Airport and Schwartz Bay Ferry Terminal. Then, Canadian master of wine Jeffrey Moss joins us to explore the Naramata bench uh, as it prepares to build a future among the great Appalachians of the wine world. Robert Simpson's on the show today, longtime Vancouver wine merchant and owner of Liberty Wine Merchants, joins us to talk about who's buying what uh, when it comes to wine in Vancouver. But up next... Natalie Bonham, winemaker Levan Bonham, joins us from late night Spain to talk about her very special wines uh, and her Canadian heritage and 30 years in the wine business in Europe. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we are set to go. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of almost 100 area wineries, many that stay open year-round. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting and a chance to sample some incredible local ice wines. Dine in world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. Before you go, head to visitpenticton.com for information on wine tours and winery events. Clos du Soleil makes wines that speak of the Similkameen soil where their grapes are grown and the souls of the people who call this valley their home. Winemaker Michael Clark and his team specialize in wines that blend Bordeaux grape varieties with their unique mountainous terroir. The result is wines that are elegant, ageable, and authentic. Clos du Soleil, wild places, soulful wines. Available at closdusoleil.ca and fine restaurants and wine stores near you. Save on Foods is home to Western Canada's largest selection of VQA wines. More than 1,300 from all over British Columbia. Discover new February favorites. Right now, pick up two bottles for just $20. And as always, when you purchase any four bottles, get 10% off. From up-and-coming vineyards to established big-name wineries, our province's wine producing has never been more extensive, and neither is the selection at Save on Foods, with 22 wine stores across BC. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. The legend lives on. 
Three-Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three-Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome to the show. And a shout out to all our stations across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our guest today joining us from Spain is winemaker Natalie Bonham. Many of you probably have met Natalie at recent wine festivals. We're happy to have her on the show. Natalie, how are you today? Hi, Tony. Hi, BC. Uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be uh, with you. A bit late uh, here, but uh, you got me, got me yeah. just in time. Well, thanks for staying up to talk to us. Uh, we really love what what's going on in Spain at the moment. I don't know if you can you can you know put it in a short number of words, but why is Wayne why is Spain so exciting at the moment in the wine business? It seems so much different than other wine producing countries. Well, I think um, in short words, uh, it's always like there's a lot of passion. The Spanish people are very passionate about uh, their, their their vines, their vineyards, and also I mean uh, there's a new generation really uh, doing a lot of stuff with the older grape varietal, the indigenous grape varietal. Mm. And that's fun. They're having fun. They're having fun. And and uh, for some reason, there's a Canadian in the min- middle of them, too, who's having a lot of fun, and that, that would be you, <laughs> Natalie. Uh, you, you, what What's the short history? I mean, I know you went there uh, early on. You've done many things in Spain. How How would you describe your journey? Well, it's been a 30, more than 30 years now, Anthony. Mm. Uh, I've been in Spain. I arrived uh, from South Africa, started making wine uh, with some uh, two of my great friends, are still with them, uh, and we're starting a big adventure. I arrived at the right time. Uh, there was a lot of going on then and still now, and I've been doing uh, working with my uh, with my Bonhomme wines, yeah, and I use my, my surname because, of course, Bonhomme means uh, little man and makes people smile, so I might as well use it. <laughs> and I start making wines in different, different, different regions of Spain. And uh, since, uh, that's it, since 2007, yeah. I have my, my own wines. You so know a lot. It. And you know, you've worked with so many people and sold some famous people's wines. I mean, you know a lot about the spots in Spain. So tell us about about these two wines that you have in our market. We have the the Bonhomme Tinto and uh, El Petit Bonhomme uh, Verdejo, the Rueda wine. So let's start with the white wine and uh, tell our listeners a bit about these two wines. The white, uh, they're all excited, but the white wine is, uh, I'm very proud, very, very proud because it comes from Ocueva which is in a bit of central Spain, if you want, from old vines, old bush vines, yeah? They are, like, mm. uh, they are spectacular. They live in sand, like on the beach, and uh, they are organic, which is a big, big task in that part of Spain. Um, yep. So we're very, very proud. The Pitsbonum white is organic, and uh, that's it. And we managed to produce um, low yields, uh, but we managed to produce this wine 
uh, with all our passion and all our, our know-how and to make it happen. It's a small production. Right? It's not a big production. Sometimes no. people think that I'm very I'm a big producer, but I'm not. I'm very small, uh, especially with the, with this one because, of course, all vines produce uh, low yield. So all vines produce low yield. So we we managed to to keep a. Uh, just to make this El Petit Bonhomme in Canada. I only sell it in Canada, the white one. And, and Natalie, the red one is... Sorry, sorry, yeah. Natalie, if you were to describe the, the Verdejo to, to a Canadian buying that bottle, what would they expect when they open the bottle? They would expect if uh, people are pretty much more... Um, they know a lot more about Sauvignon Blanc. So would they, they would expect uh, in the same profile, if you want, yep. But not so uh, very agrum, I would say, very uh, and very mineral as well. We have a lot of minerality because, of course, the sandy the sandy soil. But also, we'll go more in the profile of a Sauvignon Blanc, but not so much more floral, much more uh, easy if you want on the palate, much more uh, friendly uh, with yeah. all the pairing that you can uh, you can uh, you can uh, you can yeah, match with, like West Coast and seafood for the red. Yep. Yeah, with seafood, of course, with seafood, and uh, all co- type of clams and uh, and uh, all the white fish as well. You know, Spain is a big fish market. And for sure. the red one, we're in Jumilla, which is in the south, and there it's like spectacular. So everything is spectacular there. And I'm I'm telling you, Anthony, everybody should see that because it's. I mean, it's difficult to describe. I just had a bunch of Canadians with me two weeks ago, and I think I'm going to do a virtual reality. <laughs> like this yeah. Um, uh, because it's so incredible. People arrive there, and it's like, I can't believe it. And then it's very difficult to describe, but I'll try my best. So basically, it's kind of, I feel like sometimes I'm in Africa because the, the bare landscape, you have like um, vines, all vines are planted two meters by two meters. So it's, it's uh, and they are all between 70 and 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And the yield is very low. Okay. And they're all organic. There's, it rains very, very little there. We're all prepared for it. In 2012, it didn't rain at all. Just to tell you, it, it does happen. And so what does it do? It creates like a very richness and very concentrated fruit and which we um, we change over the years, of course, the, the vinification. Now we try to harvest earlier to try to get the purity, but also all the tangy and try to, to get as much uh, the pH to control our pH to get that fresh wine, fresh red wine. And this is where El Petit, El Petit Bonhomme comes from. It comes from an organic as well. It's organic. Um, it's amazing what we put into this wine. Yeah. Uh, organic uh, grapes and, uh, of course, you know, vegan and all the all what I believe in. <laughs> so all, all the that. good stuff. It's all, it's By, all yeah, all the these... Stuff. And these two wines sell for seventeen ninety nine in British Columbia. You're giving them away. Please don't change the price, but you're giving them away, and uh, people should check these yeah. out because this is what I would describe as real wine, wine that you can drink in the middle of the week. And and if you love wine, you'll understand that these are real wine. There's nothing there's nothing fake about these wines. So check them out. Uh, the Rueda Verdejo, and of course the El Tinto uh, or the Tinto, which is uh, I think it's a blend now. Is it Monastrel Garnacha Syrah or how is the blend? That's correct. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Natalie. Now I want to talk to you about Quebec because uh, I know that you you have roots in Quebec and you're talking about going back to Quebec and and either making wine or selling wine. Well, what's going on in Quebec? Yeah, well, it's um, it's uh, actually I I am going there more and more, more and more. I'm there more and more often. I'm from Quebec, of course. And about four years ago, the president of the ATQ, she came to me and she explained to me that um, there was a question of recycling the bottle and doing an economy, a circular economy. Yeah. So the ATQ right. was really uh, the and it's still going on. Yeah. Um, so there was and that really I really lost that. You know, I would really love to finish, you know, my final project to be into that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, what, that vision, yeah, what they have and what I think it should be, because I think we are uh, the planet, our way for us, our part of, obviously, to be organic and to be, uh, to be closer to the earth as possible, is mm-hmm. to uh, try to manage the transport, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the transport. That's one one big um, for me. It's the one big solution, and to to trans and also the energy. We have problem with the energy in Europe because, of course, with the the war in Ukraine, of course, air bottles takes a lot of energy to create to to make a bottle. So mm-hmm. if we can make the bottles in Canada and we can bottle in Canada. Bring the wine in in containers in and do it. Yeah. You do it. Do it as 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 one would do here. Uh, sounds... You know, it's only one part of the process is the transport and it's the bottling. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very important. You know, nevertheless, it's very important. I think it's, it's a really, but if we really can, good idea. If we, if we can care, if we can yeah. care for that as much as we do in Canada, if I bring the wine, yeah. which is organic and everything, and if I can bottle it there and use the bottles that yeah. we produce in Canada, then we we've got then uh, everybody a, wins. A good chance of a good yeah. chance of caring more for the environment. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking with Natalie Bonhomme. She's a winemaker in Spain, uh, uh, from Quebec, but been in uh, Europe now over 30 years. Natalie, we're almost out of time, but you've got a new project in France. Can you quickly tell our listeners what we could expect from Domaine du T? Is it uh, T? T-I-X. 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 It's very yeah. easy. T-I-X, yeah. Yeah. So um, me and my husband, we make wine in France, yeah, which is uh, good fun. It's a little boutique wine. It's in the southern Rhone. Which is Southern Rhone, Provence, and Vaucluse. So we're none of with wow. everything, and we, yeah, which is right in front of the Mont Ventoux. So uh, it's fun with Southern Rhone. So of course, Northern Rhone, as you know, has got a great reputation with Southern. So we're more, you know, the underdog, which I always like to be. Uh, <laughs> we are producing. <laughs> yeah, it's like where there's a fight, there's a will, there's a will, there's a fun. So um, we are producing uh, some in small, small, small quantity. We're full. 40,000 uh, bottles, so it's very wow. small, but we're doing Viognier, we're doing a wine called Bonhomme Tremblay, which is fabulous, and we're doing some pet nuts, which I believe is uh, sold in D.C. now, and um, that's it, we're having fun, it's great, I'm in the, in the vines, and uh, we're pruning now, we're bottling, we're doing, uh, it's great to compare as well, France and Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is not very far from the other, so that's my Natalie, that's my life in France at the moment. You are one of the busiest women in the wine business, and one of the most energetic. It's such a pleasure to talk to you today. I know a lot of people in BC uh, love your wines, and uh, just so much fun to hear you speak with passion about them. Thanks for joining us today on the show. We really enjoyed it. Thank you, Penny. Thank you for having me, and see you soon, Lucy. 
Thanks so much. That was Natalie Bonhomme. She's a winemaker at Le Van Bonhomme. There's plenty more to come. Next up, we speak with Robert Simpson. He's the general manager of Liberty Wine Merchants. We're going to talk about the retail wine market. We are live weekly in 20 cities across British Columbia or on demand on all the major podcast platforms. This is BC Food & Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards Wine Shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. Take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. A ring-a-ding-ding. Time for happy hour at the Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Featuring wine by the glass starting at just five bucks, along with the most fabulous gourmet bites the West Side has ever seen. Daily from 2 to 5 p.m. Plus, join us for Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays. Order a giant tomahawk ribeye and get your first bottle of Mount Boucherie Reserve Merlot for just five bucks. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. See you today. Welcome to The Loops. When you love something, you want to do it again and again. Here in Kamloops, you can do laps on your mountain bike or play another round of golf. And when you're ready, welcoming eateries will gladly bring out budget-friendly second helpings or refills. Later on, you can raise the roof for a melodic encore before tucking into a comfy bed, then waking up to discover something new to do all over again. That's what we mean by welcome to the Loops. Go to tourismcamloops.com to plan your next road trip to the Loops. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and a shout out to our Vancouver base at BNM Bloomberg 1410 in 19 cities across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is Robert Simpson. Uh, well-known to wine lovers in British Columbia. He's the general manager of Liberty Wine Merchants. Uh, Robert, thanks for joining us today on the show. Always a pleasure. Uh, I was trying to add up the years. How many years have you been selling uh, wine now in British Columbia? Oh, and, man. Guess, we, we could say the yeah. U.S., too. <laughs> yeah, uh, we would go back to 1972 uh, wow. or three, somewhere wow. in there. Yeah, so for a while, I certainly... 
certainly seen some changes. Uh, you and, have. And price increases over the years, <laughs> um, I, which is fun, w- Would you do it all over again, Robert? If you, if oh, yeah. You... Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, one of the beauties of starting when I did is wine was, even expensive wine, was still affordable back yeah. in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I was buying, and this would drive people that know these wines crazy, but I was buying 1976 Shut Up Petrus for $11 a bottle. Yeah. And I was selling it for the grand price of, of four, $13.99 or $14.99. Wow. Um, that same wine today is, you know, three, dollars $4,000 a bottle. Yeah. And the sad part about that is that, is that people that really love wine just don't get to taste those wines. Yeah. Um, and you know, they become unaffordable for the average person. We, we People, you know, there's so much angst about young people not drinking wine, and I'm thinking, well, how are they ever going to drink wine when, when the prices are so crazy for, for the kind of wines that turn you on to wine? But how, how, how do you face that challenge in your business? Well, I, I mean, I guess young people have to start somewhere. And, and typically, like I did, you know, you, you start with beer usually yeah. or, or sort of very um, affordable um, sort of everyday wines. And then you, you hopefully you have somebody to guide you a little bit, or you start having appreciation with wine and food and and you build that and you begin a quest for knowledge. Um, There's a lot of of other alternatives for young people. I mean, you know, the things when I was young are now legal and um, there's, you know, cocktails in a can, which are very candy like and confected. And certainly some of the big selling brands worldwide, what I call factory wines are actually designed and made to be, or to mimic, um, mimic yeah. yeah, to mimic soda pop or Coca-Cola. They have a lot of those similar flavors. Mm-hmm. So people that are, you know, that grew up drinking uh, pop, it's an easy transition for them. It's yeah. a more difficult transition when you're, you know, tasting a very dry wine from, from Sancerre in France or, you know, something's Weigelt from Austria or something. But yeah. um, for sure, there's no question that young people are drinking less wine. Um, and people are drinking less. You know, this dry January thing, sadly, is starting to stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, back yeah. back in the day, you know, people would, would have the resolution. They'd sign up to a gym, and they would go, um, and they last, you know, with no drinking till at least the weekend. And depending how far the weekend was away, it was maybe three days away or maybe a week. And, um, but now people, I mean, we certainly see it in our numbers. Yeah. You know, our sales drop precipitously. And when we chart, we've been in business long enough that we can chart it over decades now. And there's no question, people are drinking less in January for sure. Well, the thing uh, is, is that people, they, they want to drink healthier. And there are, we sort of would like to spread, we would like to have more drinkers. We don't need them to drink more. We just need more people to get engaged in wine. Uh, I think that would be a, a more organic way to grow the business. But uh, Yeah, for sure. For sure. I it mean, is what you know, it is. Yeah, let's I, talk. I, let's yeah. talk about Liberty. So you've got you have a number of stores. What, yeah. What's the philosophy? What? How do you target wines? Or what can people? How how can people come to understand your wines? I mean, you have wine merchant on your name. That's that's yeah, a, so, something so we're, special. Tr- we're traditional wine merchants. Um, I've been in the business over forty years. Um, I I travel the world um, searching out what I believe to be wines that offer great value and interest and are authentic. Uh, typically that's, there's somebody with boots in the dirt in a vineyard, a family or, or a farm. Um, we bring in wines from all over the world. Um, for the areas that are kind of hot right now, um, would be Spain with the exception of Sherry. 
Um, there's some fantastic values there. France is still holding well. Um, Italy, um, our domestic wines, we've been huge supporters of BC wines from the get-go, and they're still doing well, although it's getting more difficult to find value price stuff, which I consider so under $20 um, from British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, wines that are holding their own would be New Zealand's. Um, we're seeing a tiny uptick in Germany. I'm still a minuscule part of the market, and I love the wine, so we've always carried them. Um, South Africa um, is is there. Um, the challenges would be U.S., uh, South America, Australia. We're seeing a tiny uptick. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that kind of surprised me is our top-selling, fastest-selling wine, which I chart all these different things, uh, this last summer was a Romanian um, uh, rosé, yeah. followed by a Romanian Pinot Grigio, followed by a Romanian Pinot Noir. Um, and I can assure you, nobody ever comes into our stores asking for wine, or rarely, if ever, asking for wine from Romania. But this is, um, and it's a, amazing, Eastern Europe or Central Europe is an amazing wine-growing region that just isn't Moldova discovered here much. Right. Um, but it's owned by an English guy, the, the winery in, in this case, and it's, it's an Australian winemaker. So the wines have great packaging. They're fantastically priced. They're $15. And people tried them and loved them. And wow. so it really is about, you know, if you have a great wine, no matter where it's from in the world, and it offers value for money, and it's true to its nature, so Pinot Noir that actually tastes like Pinot Noir, yeah, um, and isn't going to break the bank, and you don't feel bad about um, drinking it, and it comes with a screw cap, so you can open it up and you can pour it, and you don't have to worry about corkiness or going to get another implement from the 17th century to get your wine into your glass. How do you manage your customers today? Are you are you shipping them wine? Are they coming in to get the wine? What, what's the split there? Um, well, a little bit. Work? I mean, in New York, a typical wine store like us or, or Chainless would do about 80% of the business on the phone, mm-hmm. and they would deliver the wine to the concierge in the apartment building because nobody lives in a house in, in New yeah. York. They all live in apartments, and they all got concierges. That isn't really the case in Vancouver, and you can't really deliver to a door in a house and just leave it on the front porch. You got to have those legal things, you got to have people to sign and all that stuff. So we deliver for sure, but it's a small percentage of our business. Online is a s- still a small percentage. Um, we, we become neighborhood wine stores where we yeah. know our customers and we cater to their needs and desires and, and wants. And we're constantly on the search for stuff that's exciting and interesting and new and different and Robert yeah. Simpson, he's a general manager at Liberty Wine Merchants. Robert, before you go, you also do some really uh, fine charity work. You've done it for a long time. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll just give us an update on your next event. I know it's a beer event. Yeah, it's a beer event. So so our store on Commercial Drive at, on East uh, 1622 uh, Commercial, um, it's really our strongest beer store, and they're just beer nuts over there. They're, and they have all the you know small independent breweries. And, yeah. and so recognizing that um, – you know, that there's a, a thirst for beer, uh, a big thirst for beer in that market. We And we have, an, as you mentioned, a number of charity events. So that one's for the Vancouver Food Bank, and it's at the Wise Hall, upcoming on March 3rd, I think. Um, and we keep all our prices really affordable. They're like $25. Um, and we don't, you don't yeah. have to buy tickets to buy additional beer or any of that. 100% of the proceeds go to the charity. Um we have others coming up the rest of the year. You can always go to our website, libertywinemerchants.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also should get a plug-in for my distillery down in Granville Island because we do um, 
we do organically grown and produce spirits down there. Um, we have a full range. and We've got like seven different whiskeys now. So, you know, it's wow. popped in there for a cocktail. Robert, you're always busy. By the way, the Eastside Beer Fest is at the Weiss Hall on March 15th, uh, 7 March 15th, to 9 yes, p.m. Right. Yeah, yeah. $29.99, and uh, you get to taste it. It's a really impressive lineup of beer. Robert, thanks uh, so much for joining us today. Uh, sometimes we, we don't talk enough to private retailers. We should talk yep. more, and I hope we can. Yeah, always. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Yep. That was Robert Simpson. He's the general manager at Liberty Wine Merchants. Next, uh, Master of Wine Jeffrey Moss takes us on a tour of the Naramata Bench. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers collectors a safe, inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. They are experts in the field with the knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of almost 100 area wineries, many that stay open year-round. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting and a chance to sample some incredible local ice wines. Dine in world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. Before you go, head to visitpenticton.com for information on wine tours and winery events. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's time to think turkey. Your BC turkey farmers work hard all year to bring high quality products to your table. Whether it's a weeknight dinner or special occasion, turkey is always a delicious source of lean protein. And you can't forget the leftovers. With a great meat to bone ratio, you get a great value and multiple meals. So the next time you're wondering what to serve, think turkey. Find recipes, info and more at bc.canadianturkey.ca. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our guest is Penticton based Master of Wine Jeffrey Moss. Of course, he's the CEO of Lithica Wine Marketing and a contributor, regular contributor to Gismondi on Wine. Jeff joins us today uh, to ta- talk about, discuss the Naramata Bench GI and what makes this Okanagan Valley subregion a unique spot to grow grapes. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thanks again for having me. Uh, uh, well, it's a pleasure to have you. And since you live in Penticton, I thought, who else should we talk to about the Naramata Bench if we want to get a little little insight into this special area? So let, let's start with that. Uh, for many, many years, it was called the Naramata Bench. Now they have a GI. So what's a GI and what, why is it so important for Naramata now and, and for consumers? 
Well, the GI, just a geographical indication. So basically identifying that wines are coming from a specific, a specific place of origin. In this case, you know, the Naramata Bench, which kind of, you know, stretches across the east side of Lake Okanagan. I think it's important because, especially for Naramata Bench, maybe more so than any other subregion within the Okanagan, is you have an amazing concentration of wineries. Uh, anyone who's traveled up and down Naramata Road knows there's just tens upon tens of wineries. It's easy to, to spot them. But a lot of people are sourcing fruit from outside of the Naramata Bench, say from further south into Oliver. Uh, and so sure. I think having this geographical indication on the label gives an indication of these, the grapes are actually coming from the Narabana bench and give a sense of this amazing terroir. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. I know that when, when, when it was first discussed, people said, well, if we're not making, if some of our wines don't come from the bench, why would we want to have a GI? It'll just confuse people. And I say, well, I, I don't think so because Burgundy operates like that and has no problem at all. Uh, in fact, I was trying to think of somebody making a Narabana wine outside of Narabana and putting that on the label. Which yeah, the one do. that immediately comes to mind is Meyer in Okanagan Falls. There you they go. Have yeah. their old main road Chardonnay, you know, coming from a single vineyard in Naramata. Yeah. So they're entitled to use the GI on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's all yeah. about where the grapes are coming from, not where the winery itself is situated. Yeah. Well, Jeff, what... What do you think makes it such a good place to grow grapes? I mean, we know all the wineries are there. At first, sometimes people say, well, it's close to the town. Everybody want to be near a town or something, but it's not that. It's a special place. What What is it about Naramata Bench that uh, grapes love? I think it's a combination of things. On the one hand, you have this amazing west-facing aspect, so really basking in the afternoon sunlight, those long summer days that we get here in the Okanagan uh, and it's also a combination of different soil types as well. And we can use Naramata Road as kind of that demarcation between two very different types of soils. On the lake side of Naramata Road, you have, we really need to go back in time to understand this. You know, in the past 10,000 years ago, it wasn't just Skaha Lake, Lake Okanagan. Those were combined into a glacial lake, Lake Penticton. And that piece below Naramata Road, that was that ancient beachfront so sandy soils versus on the other side of the road much rockier soils granite yeah. glacial rock and so yeah. even though we talk about one single subregion, one gi narramatta bench it's actually much more complex than that and if we wanted to we could really divide it up even further yeah and and i guess uh, you know for people who who are learning or or you know many people know some people are learning all these different soil types and complexities of, of soil are suited to different grape varieties, uh, you know, different rootstocks and different clones, so that you can have you can have quite a variety of grapes. In fact, there's a. Do you know the number of grapes growing up there now? Because it's quite a large number. I would I would be guessing if I gave you a figure, um, but but certainly you know if someone told me it was fifty, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think there's an incredible yeah. diversity in what's growing on Naramata Bench. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, you and H.J. Cha have been working on uh, a story for Gizmondi on Wine about the Naramata Bench. So I thought we'd have some fun today and, and uh, just pick your brain a little bit, and I, I would participate too. Uh, who do you think the, the best value wine producer is on the Naramata Bench? This is a tough one. Um, 
And I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction. I'm not okay. going for necessarily, you know, the cheapest wines, uh, no, but no. the winery that came to mind was Amulet. So Amulet by a winemaker, uh, Dwight Sick, you know, I think yep. well known throughout the Okanagan. He's been here for, for 20 plus years now. Uh, and at Roche Winery uh, on Upper Bench Road, he's making some fantastic wines based around Rhone varieties. And to me, even though, you know, the Amulet White's, $32, the Amulet Red's $40. At those prices, they offer incredible value and really punch above the price point. Yeah, that's a great choice. Uh, my thoughts turn to uh, <laughs> Rob Van Westen at Van Westen Vineyards. They they make quite an interesting run of wines. And at first, I thought all this, all this V business on the labels, that it was kind of crazy and, and, you know, it was kind of gimmicky. But actually, uh, these wines are consistently well-made, uh, and obviously his, the, the site that he's working from is, is growing grapes that are uh, equally well-made every year. So I, I kind of like the consistency and the value there at Van Weston. Uh, That's a great okay. pick. Most unheralded producer. Have you got that? Maybe one that people don't know much about. Well, the one that came to mind was Moraine. Uh, uh-huh. Moraine, a beautiful new tasting room along Naramata Road. And I feel like they fly under the radar a little bit, but they're actually producing some really beautiful wines, especially Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Riesling with a true Naramata bench focus. You know, they're making sure that they're sourcing as much fruit as possible from Naramata bench. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about Therapy Vineyards, which brings me close because the uh, winemaker Jack Kemp came from Moraine, uh, and Therapy was kind of a, you know, in some ways it was a bit of a goofy place uh, when it first opened, and the wines were up and down. There were some good wines, but there was never any consistency, and now I think that uh, Jack has done such a great job in the vineyards that her Pinot Noir uh, and her sparkling uh, wines, all of the things that she's working on there uh, have really uh, come to fruition. And, and I, I like them. I think they're under, unheralded as well. I mean, they, they could use a little more love, I think, from uh, the media. Uh, what, yeah, about a fav- what about a grape variety, like a favorite red? What do you think? I really struggled with this one. Again, we talked about so much diversity in Naramata, but I landed yeah. on Pinot Noir. And to uh, me, there's just some really exceptional world-class Pinot being grown on Naramata. And the wineries that come to mind, like Foxtrot or Little Engine, are showing what Pinot can do in Naramata. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I started out on Pinot Noir, but I all night long I was thinking then, I thought, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to go with Syrah because I'm kind of a fan of, of that style of Syrah that we're seeing on the Naramata bench, which isn't so overblown and, and uh, a little more northern-like. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Syrah uh, and say that that would, at the moment, that could be my favorite red, although it's hard not to talk about Merlot. Uh, it's always dist, but uh, I still think the, the center of uh, the Okanagan Valley is just a fantastic place for Merlot, and we've seen some great stuff coming out of there. Absolutely. I'm, I'm waffling. Uh, okay, we got to get going. We're <laughs> almost out of time. Favorite white? Grape, what do you think? I'm going to keep with the, the Burgundy trend, I guess, and go with Chardonnay. Uh, okay. And to me, again, we talked about Meyer, but there's a lot of great examples. Kulshana would be one, Daydreamer another, just producing yep. world-class Chardonnay on the Naramata bench. Yeah, uh, I think you're totally on on that. And just to be a little bit different, I love the Albarino that's being made up at Terra Vista, and I think that, that speaks to the uh, 
to the ability of the bench to, to, to have so many different grape varieties and styles that they can pitch to consumers. So that's a wine to keep your eye out on. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, uh, well, that's it. We're out of time, but it was uh, fun to catch up with you. I know that uh, your story will be out tomorrow on gizmoniumwine.com. People can read more about uh, the Naramata Bench. And, of course, we've got a bunch of reviews there of uh, current wines that you can buy and explore yourself uh, as you come to know the GI of Naramata Bench. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Real pleasure to talk to you, as always. Yeah, thanks again. Okay. Master Wine, Jeffrey Moss, Lithica Wine Marketing. Next up, uh, we head to two of the hottest vacation spots on Vancouver Island. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and this is BC Food and Wine Radio. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Join BC Food and Wine Radio and Anthony Gizmondi at the 44th Vancouver International Wine Festival, April 22nd to 30th at the Vancouver Convention Center. Tickets for the International Festival tastings featuring 152 wineries from 17 countries and highlighting South America are on sale now. Stay, sip, and save. Get a free tasting ticket worth up to $129 when you book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com. Details at vanwinefest.ca. Don't wine and drive. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of almost 100 area wineries, many that stay open year-round. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting and a chance to sample some incredible local ice wines. Dine in world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. Before you go, head to visitpenticton.com for information on wine tours and winery events. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gizmondi. Hello, British Columbia. We're back with a special shout out to Bounce Radio Terrace and all 19 other cities across the province. Our guest is Lori Strandlin. She's a co owner of Moonwater Lodge and along with her partner, Randy. Uh, they preside over a small boutique hotel with one of the most spectacular views on Vancouver Island. Lori, welcome back to the show. Uh, I know that I am looking forward to returning to the lodge. Everybody on the team can't wait to get up there. How are you doing today? I'm doing really great. Thanks for asking. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, well, it's. I think. I think we can sort of sweep the pandemic behind us. Are you looking forward to a, a normalized uh, season this year at Moonwater Lodge? 
Yes, it's so nice to be able to offer services and recommend attractions uh, with the confidence that they're functioning and operating as much as I think our new normal will allow us. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start with Moonwater. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about where you're located. You're on the Malahat, but wh- where are you, uh, Victoria, in terms of Victoria and Nanaimo, that sort of thing? Sure. So if you're familiar with the island, we are right about halfway between Victoria and Duncan, uh, okay. about 25 minutes, 30 minutes outside of Victoria, and right on the side of the Malahat Mountain, overlooking the Saanich Inlet and across from Mount Work Provincial Park. Yeah, and when you say overlook, mm-hmm. you mean overlook because uh, you have a spectacular <laughs> view there uh, on a steep-sided slope. Like it, It's fantastic. Yes, there's absolutely nothing between you and the nature right outside your window when you stay at our lodge. It's spectacular. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing but the mountains, the trees, and the ocean. You've got a you got a few different setups. So what what can people expect if they if they want to stay there? What kind of rooms do you offer? How would you describe them? Sure, we offer um, luxury rooms. There's in room soaker tubs in every room, right up against the window. Um, gas fireplaces. It's the kind of place you can use as your home base if you're doing local attractions or you can just come with a book and a bottle of wine or drink of choice and hang out comfortably in the room beautiful yeah. space yeah it is mm-hmm. it is fantastic uh, uh well i would suggest that people are going to do some some traveling there because you're in such a great position so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, some of the main attractions around you one of them's pretty new and that's the the malahat skywalk and what a great attraction that is you can see it from the hotel so actually it's that close and it's just a beautiful um a beautiful experience experience in nature and they've done an amazing job with the the construction itself a really unique experience very very close to us yeah i i I think it's just a a lovely uh a lovely walk up there too it's it's a gentle walk you needn't uh, worry about uh, it being too steep you just take your time and you learn so much all the way to the top and then with that spectacular view and the explanation of the whole region that you're looking at uh, it's really well worthwhile uh you're close to the cowichan uh that's that's uh certainly close to us in wine country so you're very close to some major wineries Oh, yes. We're right at the beginning of the Cowichan Valley. And so you've got all the wineries of the valley right at your doorstep here. Um, Often people will will arrange a wine tour and have a pickup and a drop off right from the hotel. But you've got, you know, Unsworth and Rico, Emmendare, Blue Grouse, Averill Creek Mm. is a little far, but it's, you know, we're great based for that wine experience. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what about... uh, uh, other attractions what would you recommend for people in the area that they could check out well you know there is so much to do um there's great hiking from beginner to advanced in the area um there's the kinsel trestle which is an old train trestle that's been fully restored and it's actually wheel wheelchair accessible so it's it's a very comfortable beautiful spectacular walk um lots of mountain biking in the area there's Cowichan Bay, which is a really nice, quaint fishing village, really close. Um, Shimanis, the city of Mural, that's another great way to spend an afternoon with, you know, little um, bakeries and coffee shops along the way. 
Mm. And everything's within about a half hour. Everything I just mentioned is within a half hour drive. And some of it's very close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. speaking with Lori Strandland. She's the co-owner of Moonwater Lodge on the Malahad Highway on Vancouver Island. Lori, you're open year-round. Uh, you have pet-friendly suites. Uh, how can people uh, book? What's the best way to book a suite with you or to book their time at the hotel? Oh, great. Yes, they can go to our website, moonwaterlodge at, or sorry, moonwaterlodge.com. You can email at moonwaterlodge at gmail.com, or you can call us. Uh, 778-432-3123. And any of those will get you access to uh, booking and staying with us. Okay. And are you expecting a big year? You're going to be busy. Do you know, we're already busy. I am so pleased with our, our bookings that we're seeing already. And I recommend anyone coming to the area to plan ahead and make sure you've got your accommodations figured out before you get here. Yeah. Well, Lori, yeah. uh, we we can't wait to get up there. We'll be heading up to the mm-hmm. couch in later next month, and we'll be staying uh, at the Moonwater Lodge uh, and uh, taking photos, as we always do, of those spectacular views. Thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you soon. You bet. Thanks, and take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye now. That was Lori Strandlin. Uh, she is a co-owner of the Moonwater Lodge on the Malahat Highway on Vancouver Island. Joining us now is Lisa Nordstrom, General Manager of Sydney Pier Hotel and Spa. Lisa, welcome back. Uh, the team and I are excited about returning to your hotel uh, in the Sydney area very soon. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I've been talking to, I've actually been looking for uh, accommodations in wine country all over BC, and it seems quite busy. Are you, are you feeling that uh, in the air? Like It seems like people are getting organized earlier and earlier. Yeah, we definitely are seeing that. And I think, you know, obviously after COVID, when things opened up, there was a real push for people wanting to get outside of their homes that they'd been staring at uh, and get out and sort of get to travel. Even if it was close to home, at least it was another set of walls. But um, and we just kept kind of waiting for that to slow down. And it just really hasn't. So I think people are they're booking farther out and they're they're still enjoying getting out there. Yeah. Well, the Sydney uh, Pier Hotel and Spa, let's start with where you are because you've got such a great location. I, I can understand why you might be so busy. Let's tell. Let's set the stage for people about where you're at. Sure. Um, so we are located in what we call Sydney-by-the-Sea, which is a beautiful little seaside town. Uh, just right when you come off the ferry, when you get onto Vancouver Island, or just about a five to ten minute drive from the airport. Yeah. Um, our hotel is located right at the end of the main road, um, right on the water. And, I mean, we're, us that work there are grateful every day for the beautiful views we get to, we get to enjoy. And we love sharing those with our guests. So uh, what's great about our town is it's a little walkable town. It has everything you could possibly need and want, um, mm. all within walking distance. Yeah. Uh, you have spa in your name in the hotel and spa. So mm-hmm. tell us about that. So we've got Haven Spa and Salon. So it's a full spa and salon that we offer. Um, We have treatments, obviously everything from facials to Ayurvedic head massage, hot stone massage, pedicures, manicures, uh, beautiful five treatment rooms um, that are just the serenity that everybody's sort of seeking these days. We have a full service salon um, with a variety of great stylists everywhere from a junior stylist right up to a master. And again, if you just, you know, you need to get your hair done or you know get those grays hidden that kind of thing we uh yeah we're open seven days a week <laughs> get those grays hidden. <laughs> you'd be pretty busy with me i'll tell you that 
<laughs> yeah, they're busy with a lot of the staff too. So <laughs> yeah, I st- I still remember a great dinner that we had outside uh, last time we were there. A Ten Acres restaurant uh, open daily. Uh, w- how would you describe the style of the food there? Uh, well, we, we're lucky we have 10 Acres Restaurant, so 10 Acres at the Pier, as well as 10 Acres Cafe. So mm-hmm. uh, between the two, I mean, you've got breakfast, lunch, and diver, dinner covered. Um, the baked goods in the cafe are impacting all of our waistlines these days. Um, they've got great coffee, great food. Uh, and then, yeah, for dinner time or even lunchtime, um, uh, they, they have a, a farm actually just up the road from us where they grow all of their vegetables. They make all their own bread. They, it's, it's amazing. So it's sort of a... It's definitely got a West Coast flair to it, but it's unique in, in what they offer. It's delicious. Yeah. It's very Vancouver Island, uh, growing their own food. And there's such, a great food, <laughs> there's such a great food community on Vancouver Island and a wine community. And I think that, you know, people are sometimes shocked when they go over there to, to see uh, exactly how, how invested folks are in, in what they uh, grow and eat and, uh, you know, put in their bodies, I guess. Uh, I, I love it. Yeah, I think, and I, I think more than anything, people are surprised just by how many foodies we have over here. I mean, there is there are so many really great restaurants that um, that people don't know about until they come to Vancouver Island, Victoria, and Sydney, and they, you know, they get to enjoy all these quaint little places that that yeah. really are offering that sort of West Coast flair. But they're all so different and unique; it's great. Yeah, and the hotel's such a great spot. Like you have that walkway; it's quite. It's almost. Is it? It's like two kilometers long. I think uh, just the waterfront walkway, just out out a few steps from the hotel. Yep, you just uh, you can come out the back doors of the atrium, which is the main part of our lobby, and you walk just right out to a beautiful sort of green area, um, hang a right, and you get to follow a beautiful pathway all on the water. Um, it's quite protected, so I mean, you know, if it's a windy day, you're gonna you're gonna feel the gusts, but. It's uh, it's a beautiful walkway. There's no cars around, so you just get to meander your way along, um, rain yep. or shine. And cycling is big in Sydney as well. It is. It is. It's huge. Um, we've got lots of bike lanes in, in the majority of our main roads. Make sure we keep our cyclists safe, uh, along with pathways that are just, just for cyclists. So um, there's a lot of biking tours um, that we have at the hotel, so groups that come to the hotel as part of a bike tour, and a lot of them will ride from our hotel all the way into Victoria, it's a beautiful ride. Um, it's fairly flat, so it's not it's not too tough. But you know, it's mm-hmm. it can take the wind out of you a little bit. Um, <laughs> and there's so many so many great places to to ride around, and whether it's ocean yeah. or you know forests, whatever you want to ride in, we've got it all. Yeah, well, that, that's what the spa is for. After that ride, you could uh, you know <laughs> for totally relax. Yes, <laughs> something like that. We should have. Uh, we should offer a, a post bike massage service. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, I, now I haven't been there. The place that intrigues me the most is the Shaw Center for the Salish Sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, they, we uh, we're lucky to have them next to us. It's great. I mean, we say it's great for kids, but it's great for adults too. Um, lots of us that are, you know, of the older end, they, we still love to go in there. It's when you first go in, it's like you go into a kind of a, it's an elevator that's sort of done up like a submarine and it takes you, you know, below the sea, quote unquote. And, um, yeah, it's just amazing just walking around in there and seeing just the diversity in the animals that, that live in our oceans and everything we can do to protect them. So it's, yeah, it's, it's great for kids and adults. Lisa, so great to catch up with you uh, today, and I, I, I just can't wait to get over there. We're going to be over there uh, later next month uh, uh, on our wine travels, and we'll be staying, of course, at the Sydney Pier Hotel and Spa uh, and maybe getting that massage. It sounds pretty good. Yes, Anthony. Well, we look forward to having you, and uh, we will see you when you stop in next month. Thanks so much. All right. Take uh, care.
Yep. Lisa Nordstrom, General Manager, Sydney Pier Hotel and Spa. That's it for this week's show. Special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Dwayne Bishop, assignment editor, Sherry Caleb, and director of operations, Stu Ferguson. We're back in the studio next week with special guest Laurent Drouin from Burgundy. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi, wishing you a great week ahead. And we'll catch up with you across the BC Food & Wine Radio Network next week. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.